What is up, internets? Welcome to Self-Defense from All Angles, the podcast where we try to expand the conversation surrounding self-defense. I'm your host, Randy King, owner of 8020 Conflict Management Strategies. This week, we are chatting with Kaylin Payne, owner of the Wise Warrior Gym here in Edmonton. We're actually doing a co-teaching seminar on boundaries this upcoming month here in July and one in August. So we decided to get together and chat about the philosophy of teaching, and self-defense. Kayla and I have existed in the same space for a while, and it's awesome that we finally get to collab. In this episode, Kaylin talks about his view on self-defense, the priorities, what goals your training should be accomplishing, and also how he weaves in extra training into his stuff. He has a very clever model on basics being replaced by more competent skill sets. I think a lot of people should understand. It's one of my favorite ways it's ever been explained to me. And I really think his insight on this is valuable. We talk about red flags, looking for coaches. We chat about the upcoming seminar, how we're going to put it together, what we're going to be covering a little bit. And we talk a lot about Kalen's view on martial arts and how it's beneficial to people, what you can gain from it, what some of the negatives are. So take a listen to this episode. There's a lot of really cool stuff. And in the bonus content on Patreon, Kalen goes into a little piece of his martial arts of the mind program where he talks about internal battles. It was a very enlightening conversation. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. Don't forget if you, your organization or your company are looking for more information when it comes to proactive self-defense that is education driven, I'm available for workshops, seminars, and keynote speeches for your group. Now let's get to the show. Welcome everyone to self-defense from all angles. Today we have a good friend of mine who has not been on any of my shows, which is crazy because we're currently living in the same building and we teach martial arts in the same city and we've always been friends. It's just never worked out for some unknown reason. Today we have Kalen Payne. Kalen, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Myself. My name is Kalen Payne. I am the founder and director for the place called the Wise Warrior Gym operating here in Edmonton. We've been in operation for 27 seven years. It's been an awesome journey, plain and simple. Ups and downs like everyone else though, but it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, there's not much I would change. Yes. I think not a lot of gym owners are in your position where they made it through the pandemic, including myself, my gym shut down during the pandemic. You made it through 27 years is super impressive in this space because it is as you know, fickle at best. You used to be called the Real Self-Defense Center and you shifted over to Wise Warrior. What was that shift about? The shift was about from Real Self-Defense to Wise Warrior Gym. When I had Real Self-Defense Center, it was self-explanatory. It's not like it was a cool name, but you, you couldn't argue with the name. It's it like, such what, a they, good name. what do they do there? Uh, Real Self-Defense? Okay, yeah, so it's pretty <laughs> obvious. That's one of the reasons why I chose it because we've always been a place for personal protection, self-defense first and foremost. Mm. Okay, always have been, always will be. And then we added other programs on top of that. But I, for martial arts, for me personally, humble biased opinion is one of the better vehicles for personal development and personal growth and personal advancement, self-life mastery, whatever you want to call it. So I knew the title real self-defense didn't encompass it. 
wasn't a, a good umbrella name basically. And right. then I, I created this program called Wise Warrior at the gym when it was still Real Self-Defense Center. And then I just decided, well, I need a new different name, a more encompassing name essentially though. And I just thought, why not Wise Warrior Gym? So, and it worked out and I'm I'm loving it actually, that new name. That's awesome. I love it too. It's great. Like you said, the other one was, I loved your other name because of when you had it, I was like, oh, I just wish I had that name because that's what we're doing, right? It's just so, it was so clean. You mentioned that you are primarily the gym and the training is self-defense focused first and then other programs layered on. So what is your definition of self-defense? Well, that's why the change to Wise Warrior, as far as the name and the handle and all that stuff, I, I think the greatest enemy to self-defense is yourself, basically, first off. Just think of the word self-defense. It's self-defense, defense against yourself, your own craziness, your own stress, your own programs, your own craziness that we all possess to a greater, lesser degree and such though. And I think it always starts there first and foremost. I think getting your own act together, your own self-life mastery together is probably the first line and the first step and the most real step to personal protection, self-defense, et cetera, et cetera. Then it just kind of trickles down into all the other areas occupationally. Like I have three terms that I use. One is occupational warrior, that's the person anybody works in military, policing, security, social services, all those fields where you're required to act potentially with assertiveness, violence, if you want to call it that, basically, or combatives or whatever. And the next one would be a professional warrior, I guess. That's the type of person who, who fights professionally. Right. Basically, try, uh, that kind of idea and stuff, though, whether it's more on an amateur level or even a more professional level as far as making a living and stuff. And the third one I call everyday warrior. The everyday warrior is regular folk mainstream who like the idea of warriorship, like the idea of training in martial arts, love the MMA, let's just say, or but they also want something realistic or they want to protect their family and their friends or themselves. The wise warrior sort of encompasses all three of those, first off and foremost. Okay. So I have a personal development program called Martial Arts of the Mind. That's for all the self-defense against the self, so to speak, and stuff. Uh, we also do mixed martial arts at the gym. So my personal humble biased opinion, I think that MMA is one of the best crossovers for personal protection and self-defense. And then we have a very targeted, specific, focused self-defense program also as well. And then we do weapons on program as well. That's awesome. I actually was just at one of your banquets recently, and you have this you had a really cool way of putting it, which I'm definitely going to steal. And I'm going to, so we're saying on public, so everyone knows where I stole it from. This is going to be publicly released. You I always give credit where credit's due, right? Exactly. I, so, I don't know why instructors get hung up on that. You know, just if you got something from somebody else, just tell them where you got it from. Who, who cares? Basically. Exactly. I love your analogy that MMA is a great crossover. It's a great thing to bolt self-defense to. But the way you described it, because you were describing your rank, you said that you teach self-defense first. And then once you have those, you can then you do the MMA, but then once you get proficient at the MMA, that becomes your base. Well, I mean, all martial arts are good for your development. All martial arts are good for a person, but what's their focus? And I think some places, the only time I get my nose bent out of shape is when people are claiming something that they're not, i.e. they're doing, I don't want to pick on any styles, so I'm going to be careful here. <laughs> but some styles claim they're teaching self-defense, and I don't think what they teach even remotely addresses the realities of how real-life con aggression, confrontation, and violence unfolds. So they're actually more teaching in martial arts art right basically and some systems are more so sport oriented even if they're more applicable to this to the street crossover there's still rules so there's are still teaching more sport and some systems like you know they teach more well-being health and fitness but they're they're martial arts and, and they, they're claiming it as self-defense so i don't right. like that idea. so for me personally again humble biased opinion i think all martial arts no matter what you train in at its base should have some form of skills that you can use to personally protect yourself and your loved ones, essentially. That should always be the foundation because that's what they're for.
I mean, you take the root word of martial art. Martial art means the god of war, okay? So martial art, the art of war, basically. So the art of being in conflict, being in aggression. And that should be the foundation. But then when you start looking at mixed martial arts, what we're trying to do is produce a well-rounded combat athlete in weapons, stand-up, clinching ground. And now you're taking your skill sets far beyond what you need for just a very fundamental standalone and basic personal protection, self-defense and security system, essentially. But because we brought your vehicle to such your, i.e. your body or host, your vehicle to such a high level of combative athleticism, anything you do from that vehicle is even from, for self-defense is even easier to learn those techniques, to apply those techniques and perform those techniques and stuff. So that becomes your new foundation. And if I take that a step further, martial arts for the mind, where it's all about managing what goes on on the inside here, that's where it all starts from to me. So if you delve into that area, whether it was our program or other programs that are available out there, that should ideally be the real foundation, then the MMA, and then the self-defense though. But in the beginning, it's everything's inverted or flipped. Yeah, most of my inquiries come to me that way though too. Uh, yeah, I just literally, that's why I was two minutes late for jumping online. I just literally got a call from a lady inquiring about the hard target program, basically for her daughter, who's 12 years old. I get those calls every week, basically. That's where it kind of starts. But then they, as they get involved, they realize, oh, it's a much broader possibility depending on how far you want to take it. And I, I've never heard it phrased like that. And we jive on so many things and we realize this more and more that we've done coffee together. And like, yes, we've interacted yeah, totally. more in the last little bit than we have probably over time other than like seminars and stuff. And I always like to say to people that I'm the gateway drug to martial arts, right? So you're going to come to me for a self-defense course. We're going to answer all the self-defense questions that eventually when the self-defense questions are answered, they become martial arts questions. And that's exactly what you're saying, right? Is you're getting people in who are coming for hard target who are coming for self-defense. I was talking to you. I was very lucky to talk to your wonderful clientele at the banquet. And almost everybody said the same thing, which was, you know, I came here because my environment changed at work or I was getting worried or whatever. And now I do the weapons program and now I do MMA and now I do whatever. So you're really, you're bringing people in at that level where they want to make it the one and done. They want to do the like, okay, I've checked the box of self-defense. Now I'm safe. Now I can go learn yoga or whatever. And you're showing them like, cool, now that you have that, look, because once you get here, all the stuff we showed you becomes even simpler because you have a much better ability to defend yourself. And that's by adding the sport to it. And if more people thought like that, I think we would end the, the internet debates on what's better self-defense or MMA. Cause you've answered it. Uh, uh, self-defense yeah, first, then MMA. Uh, yes. What you're saying, the only caveat to what you're saying is yes. I don't care where they start at my gym. They can start with MMA because, uh, and where my MMA, I guess, is different. I've worked with fighters before. We had a corral of fighters in the past. So I've been involved, but I've worked at events. I've been a cameraman. I've worked in a corner man, all that kind of stuff though. So I have good exposure to that and all good. And I don't do that much, er that area of competition as much anymore at all for the most part. But if you want to start in MMA, our MMA is called S3, which stands for Street Sport Solutions. So even though you're doing MMA sport combat, I will constantly show you the street crossover, even though you're right. just doing MMA though. So, I, and I don't care if you start, I got students that just do the martial arts of the mind. I got students that just come to me for the weapons only. And part of that is a time restraint for their lifestyle. And part of that is interest basically. But I don't care where you start. To me, it's all wise warrior. <laughs> that makes sense. One of the big talking points that I have is you need to know what the goal of your training is. And always. for you, yes. the goal yes. is always, no matter way, which way they're expressing it, the goal is always going to be self-protection. Yes. And that's, and again, I'd always, I always 
have to expand that into the martial arts of the mind because it's kind of like that's the first self-protection how much craziness are you possessing on a daily basis how much stress do you carry and if you flip that and inverse that basically how much peace or consistent happiness do you have in your life if you're missing those and you're still doing martial arts you're you've missed something along your journey somehow for me personally i couldn't agree more and this is why we're doing a co-teaching seminar we'll talk about that later but this is why i'm so excited about (laughs) me too i can't wait this summer july and august we're doing it we'll get the dates later on for all the listeners that's where I think we're driving the most is what language is a little bit different, but the goal set seems to be the same, which Mm -hmm. is for me, proactive skills lead to active skills much easier than reaction leads to active skills. So first of all, you have yourself figured out, right? You're calm. You're not 23 and picking fights like some people did when they were younger, right? You figured out that chip on your shoulder. Once you have that figured out, once you understand how to move through the world with as little friction as possible, then the odds of you needing self-defense becomes much, much lower. And so that's why when you talk about the bases, when you said martial arts of the mind, it goes to the bottom because now if you're good at martial arts of the mind, all the rest is just fun with your friends because you're probably never going to have to use it in real life, right? Very much so. I mean, if you trained me for a while in the self-defense area, once you check that box off, like you said earlier, if you stick around, it's because you love hanging with us and love training. It's that simple. I think we're a shit ton of fun. (laughs) when we train so i mean why not hang around that's just you know humble biased opinion again (laughs) there is when it comes to gyms there is culture and there is community and there is social events and all these things are super important coach jeff berger one of my favorite quotes of his is the reason you start is not the reason you stay Mm -hmm. right so you might have started for self-defense purposes you might have been harassed at work you might have whatever but the reason you're staying is because you drive with the coach you're gaining benefits from it and like you said there's very few vehicles that are better at self-improvement than martial arts is because it covers the spiritual side. It covers the emotional side. It covers the physical side. It covers all these things. Resounding yes to that though. And I think a lot of places, a lot of places have really good environments. I don't know that a lot of places, personal development driven as they could be or should be from my perspective. Right. I think they might miss some things, but that's, but again, still all, all martial arts are good for you. It's gotta be that, that part's gotta be clear. It's gotta be clear as what's your focus. So there's right. no illusions with what you're teaching and stuff though. And that's the biggest, like, that's like two chapters of my book that I'm writing is like, know what the goal of your training is, because the reason why we ask the question, what is, what is your definition of self-defense is because everybody's definition is different because it's a squishy word. There is no definitive, this is what self-defense is. It's a legal term. It's MMA. It's whatever. If you believe that self-defense is only reacting to physical violence once you're in it, then yeah, then going to a mixed martial arts cage is learning how to defend yourself. The term being so squishy makes people not understand it. And one of the biggest things I'm seeing from people is they've taken the crappy self-defense courses and now they have no trust in the term self-defense anymore, right? So they're like, oh, I would never, I took a self-defense course in junior high and it didn't do anything and whatever. So why to do that? And then that's why like your approach is you have these other places for them to go as you're answering the other questions, right? Okay. So, but I understand that 90% of the time the person's untrained when they attack. What if they are trained? Like, well, if they are trained, come to S3 MMA. That's what we're going to talk about next right no exactly exactly you do focus a lot on the soft skill side of things too oh resounding yes yeah they're they're self-defense is not self-defense if you don't have soft skills exactly awareness environmental tactics and strategies verbal de-escalation those are always number one 
first and foremost, especially in Canada, uh, whatever co- or whatever country you're from and stuff like that. But you got legalities that you have to definitely yeah. take into consideration. You, the guy starts the fight, you finish the fight, but you mess them up too much, you're going to be possibly potentially charged. And now you got a legal battle and a you know a stress battle inside yourself, though, wondering, am I going to jail? Am I going to get charged? What's the story? And I've had a lot. I have lots of stories that people have been in those situations where, like, uh, yeah, I went too far, and it, it was a two-year court battle. And I didn't even know if I was going to be going to jail or not. Right. Like that. So that's stressful, and 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 financially the cost, yeah, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I witnessed one of those situations. I saw what it kill actually happened. We moved the body when we thought he was unconscious, not dead. It was insane. Guy went to jail for manslaughter for six years because of a, a bar fight. Yep. It was yep. nuts. So when we talk about, I say proactive skills now instead of soft skills, I'm sick of explaining soft versus hard skills. People understand what proactive <laughs> means. So when we're teaching proactive skills, that's, that would be primarily, I know you weave it into everything. I've talked to your students. Like I see how you present stuff. You're always hitting that at all angles. You know, the goal of the training, walk us through your martial arts of the mind. What would somebody do in that program? For as long as I've been a coach for the last 20 some years. And then as a practitioner in martial arts from a teenage years right beside that i've always been involved with personal development personal growth training as far as books cassette tapes back then (laughs) (laughs) okay vhs now dvd i've been to many many seminars and courses read many many books that's that's as much of a passion as the martial arts is basically so i can't separate self-defense or or martial arts and personal development first of all okay type of idea okay but and in early 2000 early 2000 i launched my own program i called it martial arts of the mind meaning that most of the fights that we have is on the inside. The premise of martial arts of the mind is that everyone in the world walks around with either a small, small skirmish, fight, scrap. In some cases, for some people, battles, and some people carry full blown out wars internally on a day-to-day basis. And there's very few exceptions that I have that I met that people actually carry some consistent equanimity of mind, consistent peace, calm, a relaxed flow to life and productivity with them, with their life and stuff though. I mean, very, very few people like that stuff though. So that's what the premise of martial arts, the mind is though. So I launched it in 2002. And the only reason I knew it did well is because students kept asking me, when's the next session? When's the next session? I'm going, oh my God, they liked it. Yay. (laughs) Yes. You know, and then I also had students that would attend it and didn't do any of the combative training as well and stuff though. So I knew it had value just beyond martial arts training and just been teaching it ever since grew into a martial arts the mind portion has 11 different modules each module is several hours of lecturing and stuff we also added a meditation portion to it called coming home practice and then we also have a system we call ready set goal which is a goal setting program so it's just growing and growing and you know what it's like in a lot if you stick in any field long enough the key areas you sort out and mm-hmm. they don't change a whole lot they do a little bit but the longer you stay in the less they change what starts to happen is you just go deeper in each of those areas and then you start seeing cross connection between the areas you know and you know what that's like because you've been teaching for a long time, though. You know, your ability to connect concepts, principles, strategies, techniques, drills, skills, all that kind of stuff that just gets better and easier and easier. And martial arts for mine has just grown into that for me. It's probably my favorite area to teach most of the time and stuff because I love to sit down and have a coffee and philosophize. And I always make the joke, too. You can't escape it at the gym. Even if you're not interested in the lectures, you can't escape it because it's so woven into the fabric and the atmosphere and the attitude of the gym. You're going to, yeah, you can't not be affected or touched by it on some level. And stuff. Well, and that makes sense. And it, that's it's so important because as I'm moving way further away from a physical focus first model for teaching, right? I'm doing more speaking and more talking to corporations and, you know, they want to do like 10 minutes of cool ninja stuff, but really the important stuff is going to be how to not punch your boss out, how to, you know, communicate better, how to do these things. If you're teaching this, the physical skills almost without that, it's, I don't want to say it's a liability. I want to over and grandize what it can do, but this is some of the 
the things we see with a lot of mixed martial arts gyms, not all luckily, and actually less and less, but when mar mixed martial arts gyms first came out, they had no classical tenets of martial arts. Like if you look at Taekwondo, yeah. they have the five pillars, right? Like integrity, yeah, yeah. whatever, double spirit. It just became about being the, the physically toughest person. And there was none of the temperance that came with traditional arts and it is being woven back in, but this stuff was like, it's almost weird. We have to talk about it now because it was already implied in the older arts. Like when I took Taekwondo the first time, they're like, look, you have, these are the tenants you have to live by in order to learn this system. Right. So there already was a tempering of warriors in these traditional systems and it kind of faded away with MMA, but I think it's coming back. What are your thoughts? I, on? I, I, no, I would agree with that actually uh, very much. So yeah, no, yes. I don't know if I had much more to add to that. Resounding yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that's awesome. And, and plus I'd say, I hope so. Right. You know, it's, and, it's and sometimes happening. things, yeah, sometimes things will swing to an extreme, i.e. the UFC came out basically. Everyone's like, oh my God, what is this? This is co cool, so cool. Any right. style, any martial art being tested and stuff like that. The good news about that, it weeded out a lot of the bullshit. Right. All good. But then you're right. Then it became extreme where you get these. It's like if we talk about UFC fighters, you could name, you could pick names that are great ambassadors to the sport. Mm-hmm. And you could also name some people who are pretty much idiots right? and poor representation for the sport and as well as the people, uh, the fans, the youth for that right. matter and stuff though too as well and such. So, but I think a lot of that's coming back, I would say, you know, so. Let's talk co-seminar. So we, we had a coffee. We started talking. What are we doing? Pardon me? <laughs> what are we doing for a seminar? I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying that question. jokingly because I have some information, but it's a good idea. We're talking like this, right? That's about this part though too, so. Well, I think it's cool because that's we we started hanging out more. We started jive. We realized how very similar our thought presses and theories are, which is interesting because we come from some similar backgrounds, but also some very different backgrounds. Mm -hmm, and we mm -hmm. both came to the same conclusions, which for me makes me think we're on the right path is because we're both teaching the same kind of clients. We're both working with the same kind of people. When I was at your gym, the, the clients there could have easily been KPC students, right? Yeah, very yeah, similar, yeah. very yeah. similar people, very similar energy. You're here to have fun. Let's not take it too serious. With that, then, like we're doing a co-teaching seminar where we're going to be doing some of my boundary setting course with you doing the physical side of it. And so I'm really excited for that because we haven't really planned it out. We're not going to do it on the podcast, but we have this, this idea that adding proactive skills and weaving them into active skills, physical response, et cetera, is so beneficial, especially when your goal set, which both mine and Caitlin's is to be self-defense training, right? And yes. I've said it a thousand times. I'm going to keep saying it. It's, it might even be the title of the book. Self-defense training, in my opinion, my humble opinion, as is it my humble biased opinion, is uh, to steal from Kaylin, is closer to safety training than it is to martial arts training in the fact that the goal is no incident happens. So uh, yeah. When you do safety training, the goal of safe training is nobody gets hurt. When you do martial arts training, the goal is when something happens, what do I do? So I take the approach that self-defense is safety training, which is why folks on proactive skills, because they'll make sure event is zero. That's hard to sell when you're teaching people who want to become tough. This is the whole premise of the book, right? It's close safe training, live a bunch of analogies, et cetera, that kind of walk that out. But that's why we're focusing on the boundary setting, but also realizing that you can make no mistakes and still end up in a bad situation. You can do everything correctly. You can de-escalate properly, be a hard target. And somebody might just, it might be, they might've picked your number. So you do still need to have the physical skills. That's the yeah, name. Wrong, wrong place, wrong time. That can happen to any, anybody. Exactly. You know? So you're hosting, thankfully, because you have a gym now. I don't anymore. I'm really excited for it. We're doing it in the summer. So the seminar is July 16th. 
and then August 13th. And the plan is we're going to do boundary setting for self-defense in the first one. And then we're going to do a more comprehensive one on the second one with, it sounds like a review of the first one, because some of the people at the banquet were like, oh, we're going to miss the first one. We don't want to miss that. Can you do a review? And I'm like, I'm sure we'll figure something out. Why? Because again, you're bringing, you're bringing this to your students. Why do you think boundary setting? Why do you think this sort of stuff is important to self-defense? Well, if I go even back further, like I said, wanting to hook up with you, kind of like, you know, it was very, I trust my intuition basically on a lot of things and stuff though. And I just, even before, long before all this, I go, yeah, I would definitely do a seminar with Randy. I know we have a blast. Agreed. I think it's going to be super fun. Just trusting what would happen, having two minds to come together and stuff like that, though. So I go back even further there, though. Well, one part, number one, I want to be able to expose my students to other approaches, other people, awesome. other instructors. Always should be doing that and stuff, though. Yes. Uh, when I do a gym tour, when people come and check out my place, I actually show them the, as part of the gym tour, the bulletin board. And people go, oh, wow, a bulletin board. That's really cool, Caitlin. <laughs> the reason I point that out is I say we post stuff from other schools, right. seminars, events that are happening, because we want to expose you to as much in the field of martial arts, self-defense, personal protection, all that kind of stuff, though. So you want to be open all the time. And in relation to why is this the boundary awareness? Why, why would I bring that part in there and stuff, though? I often say in a hard target seminar. Let me tell you the real reason you're here. If you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, beyond a shadow of a doubt that in every single situation you could avoid it completely or talk your way out of it, you wouldn't even be here today. But the real reason you're here is you have this fantasy in your head about what if it goes physical. Mm -hmm. But the reality is most situations can be avoided. Right. So we want to, and we want to address that part of them that's really scared and concerned about the physical. And that's mm-hmm. where the physical skill sets would come in and stuff. Though, once you touch with that, you can see people's confidence change and stuff though too. But the continued never ending emphasis on situational awareness, boundary awareness, seeing in advance so you can avoid in advance. So if you see in advance, you can prepare yourself. The preparing part is what are my boundaries basically, you know, which is a lot of your material. I'm, I'm without even listening, having listened to it yet, basically, I know it's going to come in there and everything. It's all that. Even, even if you take special forces, people that want to go in and do a mission. Okay. And when, as much as we glorify all that, you know, in the movies and this and that, and like, Oh my God, those guys are hardcore. Yeah, they are hardcore. Absolutely. Resounding. <laughs> yes. But do they actually want a confrontation? When no. they go into the, no, they want to, even those people don't want to be in that kind of situation. They want to get in there, get the mission done and get back. Everyone comes back a lot. So I, I think it's, it's everything. And to me, if I tie it into martial arts, the mind occasionally make the declaration in, in class for different things. I am an awareness pusher and martial arts, the mind is the cornerstone is always awareness. Not there's no change you can make in your life, no advancement you can make in your life without awareness. Okay. And situational awareness is like specific awareness as it relates to self-defense, personal protection, boundary awareness is all part of that stuff like that. So awareness is always number one, first and foremost, always has been, always will be, always should be. Basically. You mentioned that you promote, you talk about, and you show other people, other instructors. I think that is so fundamentally important. In fact, because I have a bit of a profile, quote unquote, right? People know me, I'm on the internet, I get questioned all the time. And people always ask like, what are some red flags that you should look out for in coaches? So much I'm putting in the book, the third part of the book is where to find good training. And that has to be, honestly, I think one of the number one things to look for in a training space is do they allow you to cross train without penalizing you for it? Because if they don't, 
you're getting closer to cult territory than you are getting to yeah. self-defense territory. And that's- yeah, plus you're closing yourself off. That you're closing I mean, yourself off, right? And that's, ne that's never functional. It's never good. I mean, from two, I mean, it's never good for the student because you're, you're limiting them and everyone learns different, basically. Right. You and I as instructors will try 10 different ways to get the information into the said student in front of us. And some methods will click better than other methods, but some instructors or coaches might say it the way that you didn't say it and therefore impact your students. But it also doesn't work for the instructor though, too. You, 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 you shoot yourself in the foot when you try and contain your students. You know, I always make the joke that, uh, oh, you're training at, like when the UFC gym opened up a few blocks from my place and people right. said, aren't you concerned? The UFC gym opened up. Why would I be concerned? And I had not, not like three or four students train there at the same time. Why? Number one, they had some, they had some good training. There wasn't any, there's some, there's some pros and cons about being there, but they had a schedule that I couldn't match. Cool training type thing but i always make the joke deal the secrets <laughs> bring them back to the gym my little ninja spy i think that's so important going to what you said about maybe the instructor can reach them in a different way that you can't i i always use this story when i brought up a very well-known instructor once i remember he said something and then everybody at the end of the class like randy why don't you say that i'm like i do say that i say that every class and they're like no but not like that and it's so yeah. true so the example i always use is i could oh. say all day hey don't quote don't go outside. Don't go outside. Yep. Kaylin could walk in and be like, hey, everybody stay inside. It was like, stay inside. Genius. That's Why didn't Randy say oh that? My God. Yeah, yeah, and I'm totally. like, I did. But you just don't know what's going to hit and what's going to land. And that's why I always tell like baby coaches, fledgling coaches, I say, don't repeat, reiterate, say yeah. it in a different way because you might, yeah. number one, yep. it gets you out of your parrot part of your brain where you're just like stuck in the <laughs> habit. And number two, maybe you just saying it slightly different will get the desired result. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of the dictionary and of the service. Use it every day, you know, find eight words words to say the same thing. Right. Type idea. I don't care how it gets across, you know, and also with your example, you said another instructor comes in, but also I'm sure this has happened to you where you've said this to your student 10 times and year three or four, they come up to you. Yeah. You know, uh, when you said it this way, you know, then I did this and I said, yeah, I said it that way probably 50 times too over the last few years, but it right. clicks when it clicks and yeah. there's no judgment in that. It's just, it's, it's all part of the process of being a coach and stuff though. I think the other thing I'd add about being a coach, I got this from one of my key mentors and instructors. And he says, your job as an instructor to make yourself obsolete when they've exhausted me of everything that i got cool i've done my damn job for god's sake so you know get over yourself as far as trying to be the you know the leader or the instructor or the this or the that kind of stuff so if you can't make your students get to the level you are at faster than you got there maybe you yeah. shouldn't be coaching yeah. right because yeah. you should know totally. some hacks you should have some other things the way i always describe the aha moment that people have is i say there's something called jump words we're going to talk about in the boundary setting course but there's jump words that kind of turn people's brains off so if they hit a point you could be explaining something. So we're having a conversation. And then I say something that either emotionally arouses you or you have to ponder. Everything I say after that is going to be Charlie Brown's parents. It's going to be wah, 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 yeah, wah, yeah, wah, yeah. wah, 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 wah. So even though you might have said the thing 50 times, your student only heard it once yeah, because yeah. they finally processed all the precursory information they needed. Yeah. They were bored and now they heard the rest of your pitch. And that's, I think so important because when we're doing boundaries, when we're doing communications, when you're doing de-escalation is you don't know what point they're checking out. You don't know what point you hit them. And you're like, oh. oh, very good. But no, I like that a lot. I still described it. So that is going to bring us to the end of the free show. All right. That's the end of the show. Don't forget. I'm hitting Europe. We're doing five countries, 10, 11 seminars. We're in Czech Republic, Scotland, England, Denmark, and Germany. Two dates in each of them. One of them is a giant conference that we're the keynote speakers at. So myself and Roy, we 
be speaking at a Understanding Violence Summit in the Czech Republic before we do our seminar. So if you're in Europe, which I know a lot of you are, please come join us. If you want to say hi, buy me a beer. I'm cool with that. Whatever you want to do, come say hi, tell your friends, share it, etc. Please do all the internet things with this video, like, share, subscribe, leave a review. That'd be great. Kalen, where can the people find you? Uh, wisewarriorgym.com as far as the in-house brick and mortar. We also have a program called Hard Target Online, which is probably our core crash course in self-defense, which you've been teaching for years and years and years. Nice. And that'd be just wisewarriorgym.com slash HT online. Perfect. And don't forget, Kayla and I, if you're in the Edmonton area or you want to drive a couple hours, come up for other places. We are doing two seminars co-teaching together. This is not me just pumping Kaylin's tires. I've told people all the time when I had my gym, when they said, oh, we decided to go with Wise Warrior. I'm like, good. If you're not training here, I'd rather you train there than anywhere else. I have so, to interrupt you. I, you know, of all the places when people inquire about places to train for, for self-defense, stuff like that, though, you are the one and only place I would recommend oh, thank other, you. Than, other than our own place though, you know, so, and it's always been like that for years and stuff though. Yeah. Same so, for me. That, yeah, exactly. So well, <laughs> thank you to you. And this is exactly why I should come watch us co-teach together because yes. <laughs> there's going to be this synchronicity. Kalen is teaching the physical skills. You've already seen my stuff. We're going to see some differences, some different takes, some reiteration might hit your brain differently. And obviously the boundary setting course is super successful. People are really, really enjoying it. I think there's going to be a lot of cool stuff. And the coolest thing about this is Kalen and I are both mostly improv artists. So the things that are going to pop up <laughs> out of this are going to be insane. Like we're going to hit a hot uh, moments together and you're going to witness that and it'll probably be in courses for the rest of our lives. If, if you if you don't learn anything, but you will, yeah. I do guarantee you're going to be greatly entertained. That would be my claim. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Don't forget, please leave a review. That's the best thing to promote this show. And hopefully we'll see you at Wise Warrior here in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. But thank you so much, everyone.